show number 22 of the Dave and Steve show. I am Dave sitting right alongside me. A mere 27 miles away is Steve. Yes. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I really like the first version of this show number 22. Just as we were hitting the record button, we tried to play the intro music. Steve desperately ran to get what looked like a couch cushion. Uh, There's a big pillow for sound damp- dampening, I assume. Yeah, just so it'd sound just a little bit better. Threw it behind the microphone, gave me the go-ahead that I could still throw to him for the intro, and his Mm -hmm. microphone was muted. This is what you heard. Yep, that was it. That was it. That was it. That was was all you heard. Excellent representation of what just happened. We're going to get right into show number 22. I want to start off by finding out where the hell was Tracy last week. Oh, yeah. Where was I? Um, I was having, uh, well... Uh, kids are going to school, and so that was a thing that was happening. And so uh, there was a lot that needed to happen. Uh, I had to hose off uh, several months of summer off of them, mm-hmm. uh, so they would be respectable for such things. Now, are so, your are uh, your kids? Because I know they go to a private school. Are your kids doing physical classes, or are they? They are. Yes, they are on campus in what we would call a modified on campus experience, and so this involves a lot of um, garbage bags. Yeah, just a lot of garbage bags. That's right. So they go to school with garbage bags over their over their heads and their bodies, and uh, we had to punch little holes in them. And so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just like, uh, think about it like um, Costco with just more spacing. And so this is a pod experience, right? So there are, um, this is what a lot of businesses are going to, to go back to and everything. So this is a situation where they stay in classroom pods, do block scheduling, stay with each other. This is kind of limiting um, so if anybody does, let's say, get sick of any kind of sick, which by the way, will bound to happen because whenever and not, you know, not, you know, pandemic related, but I mean, every September, my kids come down with something. So, but it's uh, you know, the thing is we've, we've been taking our temperatures for several weeks to get a baseline for where we are. They're going, it's masks on. They, uh, there's a different way they eat. The hallways are walked a different way when they are walked. They usually they stagger it, so their classes are usually the only ones that are in the hallway when it's happening. But I, I'm still mm. not clear. So you didn't, you're not physically in charge of building the pods or laying out the structure of the school. So why the hell couldn't you be on the show last week? Oh, that's a good point. Well, the most, the main reason was I didn't want to. And oh, then there it is. secondly, yeah. <laughs> um, just uh, all just a lot of stuff that was uh, going on that I uh, don't want to get into. Uh, that uh, it just made yeah. made life easier uh, when I was available to uh, make life easier. Say no more. <laughs> No, I mean, not, oh, oh, I, that wasn't that wasn't shut up. That sorry. was yeah, the, I, I hear you. I thought you wanted yeah. us all to say no more. I'm catching yeah. your heart right now. Yeah, are you picking up what I'm laying down here? Yeah. So uh, the uh yep, yeah, so um the kids so they 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 went to school this week and uh they're they're happy. So, so outside I'm of happy. the big return to school, any big events over the last couple of weeks that we might need to know about? Wow. Um, I've had people are beginning to bother me about, uh, a picking a movie to see. And then like, when is our event going to happen where I sit down and, uh, and watch a movie and then people watch me watch a movie 
and yeah. and then think to themselves um you know wow yeah so we so we have two options here so we can either this can either be an event where you watch the movie i guess we could i technically i guess we could do both what i was going to say is you can either watch the movie and we can stream you watching the movie and cracking wise to it or you can watch the movie we can record you watching the movie and then we can literally do at the top of the movie we can do okay you've got your your movie queued up to watch along with Tracy begin the movie in three, two, one, they hit play. And then they're listening to your commentary as they watch the movie as well. So we've got some yeah. options here that we'll need to talk. It, through. It's hard to know because I stopped the movie quite a bit to, uh, to, um, I paused the movie a lot to uh, make comments. And, uh, sometimes I was yelling at the movie very angrily. Um, and, uh, and I needed to stop to be able to do that. And then there were people in the house who were wondering what I was yelling at. And then I had to yell at them. So there was like a lot going on. So I still, I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite one out of all the movies that have been suggested, I think it was Steve who suggested Dirty Dancing. And I, I, that's the one I think it needs to be. Yeah, I think definitely if it has the word dancing in it, I think clearly I need to see it. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, Goonies was really high on the list of the informal poll I did. Top Gun also was on the list. Yeah. And uh, because that had most the most amount of, I can't believe you haven't seen. Uh, there was a right. lot of that, but Top Gun had a lot of that. So Has anybody recommended like Breakin' or Beat Street? Right. Like any of those? Because that that's something that... that the, we put that in the bank if you haven't, because I don't, I'm not saying do it first. I'm saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm sensing this is going to be a series and it's going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. Really good. You know, it's funny because we, we were talking at home here the other night about how this started. And this started when I it was election night um, in two, that November, 2016. And, um, uh, everybody was sort of, you know, glued, glued to that. And then when they're glued to that, they're, uh, they're being just like incredibly nice to each other, particularly if they're on different sides of the political spectrum, of which I'm neither. So I don't care. So what I did is I began sort of live doing, I was watching Woodstock, the movie. Right. So I was just posting pictures and do that. So a lot of people began kind of following that. And a lot of people thank me later for offering a diversion from that, uh, from all the things that were actually going on that you, you people um were paying attention to obviously so um the uh so i might save one of these for election night of 2020 right right right, right. and i'm not and i'm not i'm not sure exactly which way I'm, i might go um tracy's election it, night special yeah exactly okay well that sounds good uh otherwise same old same old kids back in school things are going well steve how about you uh <clears throat> well uh, if you want to hear about my washing machine. Nope. Um, okay. No shed talk, um, no washing machine, no peach water. Uh, yep. Uh, then, yeah, no DVDs. No, no DVDs no and no backyard. Um, Otherwise, what do you got? That's yep. okay. Yeah, that's, that, that's great. Oh, oh, I ordered some new. Um, oh, yes, I do. So I, um, I we've started going back to the gym, um, and I'm super stoked about it. But I will only go if I can swim in the morning when it first opens. I want nothing to do with the place after after that shift. I just don't. And it's pretty quiet. There's 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 the exact number of people I like at the gym at 6 a.m. And that is 
zero people. There's like yeah. not many yeah. people at all. And it, and it's really, um, and it's really, really nice. I ordered some really great new running shoes. So for the pool, for the pool. Okay. Um, it's weird because when I wear the mask in the pool, it's like I'm getting waterboarded the whole time. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the shoes I think are going to help me make it just go faster. Yeah. Well, let's just hope the uh, Geneva Convention doesn't hear about your right. gym. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, it's a uh, uh, it's it's a good gym, um, and I'm waterboarding myself, so it's not really their fault. Um, that, that's oh, that's good to know. It's actually. it's it's pretty great, um, but it does really highlight how sad of a swimmer I am. I mean, I'm an okay swimmer. I like swimming laps, but I had to tell the two lifeguards that are watching only me. Um, hey, this isn't going to look like the regular swimmers back and forth. Right. It's going to look like I'm in distress. So wait for a minute, a full minute. If it's 45 seconds, don't get in. I'm probably fine. Just let me do it at my own pace. And they, and, and they were like, okay. I'm like, I'm serious. Don't, I'm, it's not going to look good. Like I'm going to change that- strokes in the middle. It's going to be ugly. I'm kind of like that now with running now when I, when I run, I'm at that point now where people look at me and go, wow, at least he's trying. (laughs) Right. You know, that's what running looks like to me with my, with my knees, the way they are. And so, uh, my, my favorite thing to do when I run with Wendy, because Wendy runs ahead of me usually with the dog, because the dog really is excited to go and we pass somebody and we usually give them, you know, a wide berth but it's usually far, far enough down the way where Wendy's ahead of me and I don't look like a runner anyway. So when they see me, I like to pretend like I'm having a heart attack just a little bit, but just a little bit is enough for the people to actually like take action and call nine one one on me. So I I have to like wave them off. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just joking. See, when you said you didn't look like a runner, I thought you were saying that you would look like someone who was chasing after your wife and the dog. I did too. I thought you were going to say that you like to pretend like you're chasing her, but she's much faster than you. But nobody in their right minds would ever believe that I could catch her. Right. So they're like, we should yeah. call night. No, she'll be fine. I have this. Yeah, no, I have this. Clearly, she's going to be okay. He's probably going to die. <laughs> so I got new shoes. Uh, Good. Merry Christmas. All right. So I had an interesting week, and we're just going to jump right into me because that's how I do things around here. Yeah, so, okay. uh, so uh, as you guys know from the show, uh, we've said it before. I am a wrestling fan. I was always a wrestling fan. As a kid through the 80s, I was a wrestling fan. Steve and I used to watch wrestling in our 20s. And now I have a daughter and a son who are of age to not only appreciate wrestling, but they're right in that sweet spot of not quite knowing what's real and what isn't and what is a real storyline, what's fictitious. And so it's a lot of fun to watch wrestling with them. So they have both been watching this new upstart wrestling organization with me called AEW. And it's got a couple of big name people that that people in the wrestling world know but for the most part it's this brand new organization and we've really gotten into it well a couple weeks back my son and daughter have we have a a family friend or family friends that have a son and daughter the exact same age so it's perfect because our kids go over to their house and can spend the night they both of their kids come to our house and and both my son and this boy 
and my daughter and the girl get along great. So it's, it's fantastic. So they had never seen wrestling before. <clears throat> so they come over to the house. This is, again, a couple weeks ago. They're watching wrestling. Now, to start with, they were very skeptical, and especially the boy, because he could see that, you know, some of these punches miss by a fair amount. They're not really laying things in. So when the, when the show started, he was very skeptical. Right. By the end of the show, he was no longer sitting down. He was standing up behind his chair because he was so nervous. And he was saying things like, okay, he just, okay, he got th- that, he got hit with a chair. That's a real, I mean, he, you could see he got hit. That's, I don't even know how this guy's standing anymore. Is he going to have to go to the hospital? Like he's, now he's very nervous. Both totally into it. By the end of the show, they were like, when can we watch this again? When, when can we see it again? And so there just so happened this past weekend to be a pay-per-view of this wrestling organization. So I said, you know, you guys come back on over. We'll get the pay-per-view. We can watch together. We'll have some fun. $20 cover. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so they come over. Now, what I did not plan on was that we effectively almost saw the death of one of the wrestlers. Oh. So there was a backstage segment in the back of this it's where the jacksonville jaguars play so there's this big stadium they're in the backstage area and as you know in a lot of those when every stadium it's just concrete it's concrete everywhere that's all it is back there and so the very obvious setup was that there was a merch table with some merchandise on it t-shirts and things of course for us as adults we're like this is the dumbest setup ever because right next to the merch table was a scissor lift thing that you would get on like you know people when they're washing windows and things they can raise it up and down so there's a very obvious one too of like okay someone's gonna jump off the scissor lift into the table and crash so these two wrestlers climb up onto the scissor lift they raise the scissor lift up in the air to where now it's somewhere between 15 to 20 feet off the ground steve one of the wrestlers is matt hardy of the hardy boys who is a is a well-known wrestler but he's getting up there in age he's 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 our age 65 no i mean he's our age though (laughs) So the whole plan was that the bad guy was supposed to spear him off of the scissor lift and they were going to crash through the table together. I assume that adrenaline got the better of the guy who was doing the spearing because he ran way too fast, way too hard, hit this guy. They both went over, like shot over the merch table. They, They hit the merch table enough to kind of break it, but it was just their legs that hit. And this guy's head smacked against the concrete and he was out i mean he was starched his arms were stiff his eyes were wide open sure but he was gone so the ref there's a for anybody who knows wrestling there is a a a move that the refs do when they put up an x with their arms they cross their arms to make an x that means stop the match like something has gone really wrong very rarely used but the ref put up the X. And so now my kids are like, why aren't they wrestling anymore? Why is the, the bad guy not attacking the good guy? He's laying there defenseless. Oh, uh, well, um, that was a promo. Right, right. <laughs> so so they, they showed the replay once, and you could see the guy's head bounce off the concrete. So... Oh. The camera cuts away. They're trying to cut to different things. They're showing the bad guy prancing around, still trying to act bad while they're obviously attending to this guy. Tracy, are you looking up clips right now? I am, are you trying yes. to find it? <clears throat> okay. It's it's a pretty I mean, it is a substantial thing that happens. So I would say maybe two to three minutes pass, and now they cut back to this guy and he's moving again. Now he's sitting up. He's obviously 
you know, moving around a little bit. The match continues. So this man has very obviously suffered a concussion without question. According now, after the fact, they have now released a statement saying he told the doctor he was okay to continue. So the doctor let the match keep going. Now, we all know if somebody has just smacked their head off the concrete, you don't have them sign a contract and you don't have them agree that they can continue wrestling in a wrestling match at that point. uh, What state was this in? Florida. Yeah, see, now I think in concussion protocol in Florida, you can ask the person who has their brain bruised if they would like to continue. Or or sign a contract. (laughs) If they answer with any words at all, then that means yes. You know, he's not in in a position like... I'm sure he was agreeing to continue, but he was probably agreeing to continue the three-legged race he was in with his dad in <laughs> right, the fourth right. grade. So here's you know? where here's where it gets right. really interesting is there had been a stipulation placed on this match by the man who got knocked out before this match began that if he lost this match for any reason, he would leave AEW forever. Oh, God. So... I believe when he came to, he had enough wits to know he's done a million matches. I think he had enough wits to know he had created this stipulation and there was no way out of it. If he lost, he was done for. So he therefore had to say he was going to continue. The It was a truncated match. There was no doubt about it. After that point, they went right to the finish. I think there was supposed to be a lot of other stuff that happened backstage and all over the place. But instead, they awkwardly climbed very tall scaffolding at the stadium and then he hit the other guy in the face and knocked him off into what was very obviously a rigged like it looked like kind of a part of the stadium but it was just this box thing that he just kind of collapsed into and then they quickly ended the match because he had knocked the guy off and the guy was knocked out according to them so they take him right away his wife is on twitter immediately because now i'm I got the kids. I'm juggling the kids. I'm trying to tell them, you know, yeah, look at that guy. He did the thing and ha ha ha. And everybody chill out. They're going to the next match. Meanwhile, I'm on my phone, like trying to find out what's going on, getting updates, all yeah. that kind of stuff. This guy's wife went ballistic. She basically said like everybody in that goddamn building should be ashamed of each other. That those that was a direct quote from her. Uh, they should have never allowed this match to continue. How could this possibly happen? So now they have in, in, you know, days later, they have released a statement saying he didn't have a concussion. He didn't have, he passed all the concussion protocol. He was cleared from the hospital. There is no way on God's green earth that you smack your head off the concrete like a basketball and don't have a concussion. So I don't know, Dave, their, uh, their explanation sounds pretty, (laughs) pretty clear to me that everything was fine. And it's when, when people like you are cynical about it. Right. I think you're just uh, kind of feeding into the uh, the storyline there. Did she give it to Twitter like the kid of the hockey player gave it to Jerry Maguire in Jerry Maguire? <laughs> right. The point of all this is that I almost I almost scarred two poor kids. I mean, forget mine. They're scarred enough. They're this. Yeah, this would roll off their backs. But has been done. Right? But I almost scarred two innocent kids <laughs> at this wrestling event. Luckily, then the rest of the wrestling match or the wrestling event was pretty standard. And there was literally Steve. There was literally uh, they called it a mimosa match because Chris Jericho has his own line of champagne now, believe it or not. He was wrestling a guy named Orange Cassidy. 
Champagne no plus orange juice obviously is mimo so they had giant tanks of mimosas on both sides of the rings and if somebody got tossed into the the mimosa the match was over silliness like that it was the rest of it was ridiculous and awkward and weird but we almost saw a man die and that was my that was my oh, weekend with the okay kids. so strictly um strictly amateur wrestling at the armory from now on that, that's right that's yeah. right steve and i yeah. went and saw at the everett armory which everett is a town nearby us uh we went and saw a wrestling uh, extravaganza. I don't even know what you'd call it there. I love this story, awesome. by the way. I love this story. I think <laughs> about amazing. it. I try to retell it to my kids every once in a while. And we need, we need to go again. <laughs> and Steve, I don't remember how we learned about Twist, the wrestler. There was a wrestler named Twist, but Steve at some point took a piece of paper and wrote Twist on it with like a pen. And then when Twist came to the ring, Steve acted as though he was a lifelong fan of Twist. He was screaming, he was jumping up and down, and he was holding this little piece of paper, some makeshift sign, and he made that wrestler's year because that wrestler was so excited that somebody had heard of him, had knew him, and I think it was literally a thing where we just, like, either they said earlier on, and later tonight, Twist, or it was on the poster or something. How did you know? He, okay, so he came out and... I guess so. These productions are like very shoestring. So there, there's some guys are going to wrestle as a tag team, and then later in the night they're going to wrestle as like single rest. And we saw this guy do. Um, I think we saw him wrestle singly as a good guy, right? And and he was good. Like he was doing really cool. He was moves. doing like a lot of twists. Yeah, he, he was. Exactly, he was. And. Um, uh, and then when he came out with the tag team, oh, that's what it was. We were right. really he, excited, yeah, yeah. and he was, and that gave him some time to stand there on the side. And he looked around. I like made the sign, and he was super excited about it. He was so I pumped until he saw that I had made it on notebook paper <laughs> <laughs> with a, just a regular pen, yeah, yeah, like a ballpoint pen, yeah. And I'm like holding this thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think I think he still I think he's I, I think so. It did what was the that. name of this event? I remember it had kind of a name. Do you remember? I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't remember that. I barely remember the, the name of the wrestler because you guys told this story on the old show. And one oh. thing I remember Steve saying is this: they may not have made every move, but they tried every move. <laughs> and that I was like, wow! I kind of wish I had been there. And I and I tried to tell my kids this story. Because uh, I don't have any good stories of my own. I now have to like pass <laughs> so we, yours on. We won't stick on wrestling for too long, but I did want to, I'm going to parlay this really quickly. So this weekend I watched, you guys know David Arquette, the actor from Scream and all those yeah. different. So uh, he David, was the WCW champion for a little while. Correct. So Just David saying. Arquette, Tracy, you probably don't know this for a short time was the world champion of the former wrestling federation, WCW. And this was no at, at a time when they were, they were going head-to-head -head with WWE. Both of them were bringing in five to six million viewers every single Monday. It was this huge phenomenon that had happened during that time period. And, and at a certain point... They were pushing a movie. David Arcade was making mark. a movie. Yep. No, it yeah. was called Ready to Rumble. Oh, Ready to Rumble. Okay. Yeah, so, so they were making a movie called Ready to Rumble. To promote it, he came on WCW and was doing almost an Andy Kaufman shtick of like, I'm from Hollywood, I'm better than you guys. They thought it would be a good idea to put the belt on him. 
fans went nuts in terms of they hated it. Their ratings began to drop. Many people have said it killed WCW or was the beginning of the end. And that federation eventually went out of business. So this documentary centers all around David Arquette, the fact that he hasn't, he says it right in the documentary, he hasn't been able to get a job for 10 years. He's gone on every audition he can. He gets turned down all the time. So he's going to jumpstart his professional wrestling career again. And this this chronicles him training again, losing 50 pounds, getting back into the ring, all this kind of stuff. It was fantastic. It's called, I think it's called You Can't Kill David Arquette or David Arquette is Impossible to Kill or something along those lines. If you look up David Arquette wrestling documentary, you'll find it. But there is one thing, one thing I had never seen before. He goes to Mexico to train and Mexico has what is called street wrestling or intersection wrestling maybe where they literally go out and when the light turns red, they run out into the intersection in front of the stopped cars. They put on literally like a 30 second wrestling match (laughs) complete with chairs and the whole thing. And then before the light can turn green, they walk the cars and ask for donations for the awesome wrestling show that they just put on. And he's involved in this. I had never seen that before. I did not know that was a thing, but it seemed very common. So now I, I, I did not want to go to Mexico before, but now I want to right? go to Mexico. Right. So, yeah. so then the other, the, and now I'm going to go right to the next thing. The other thing that this makes me think of is I watched two documentaries this weekend. So I watched the one on David Arquette. The other one that I watched was on Susie Quattro. Oh my God. For you young I listeners mean- who don't know who Susie Quattro is, she was a, she was a rock pop star from the seventies who eventually went on to star on on shows, not star, but at least appear on shows like Happy Days and a few other things. She didn't really have any major hits in the U.S. other than this duet that she did. Uh, oh, my Steve, God. Do you want to sing it? I know which it? one you're talking about. Our love is a lie. So it begins. And so, Leather Tuscadero. Yeah. Yes. So, so it was this song called Stumbling In. And I, so I'm watching this documentary, and they get to this point about this video. Tracy, you and I have shared this video with one another. If you guys haven't seen this, look up Susie Quattro stumbling in. Go find it on YouTube. The reason that I'm asking you to look it up and watch it is how creepy the guy she sings the duet with is in that video. He yeah, stares at her in the most uncomfortable way imaginable through that entire video. Yeah, there's a couple of freeze frames that if you just stop it, pause it in the right spot, yeah, your 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 hair on your body will stand up. It, It'll just it yes. is horrific. And if you watch that documentary, you are reminded of just how much we've progressed in just that short amount of time from the '70s until now. Because she is literally at one point in that documentary, she is trotted out onto a stage. For a British talk show, this is a full national British talk show. So think like Johnny Carson or whatever, but in Britain, she comes out on the stage. The first thing the host asks her to do is turn around so everybody can see her ass and the tight jeans she's wearing. Then Mm -hmm. he smacks her on the ass and says she can now sit down. And those are the types of things that she was dealing with. So then when you watch all that, and then on top of that, you see this video, it it is horrific to see, but... So those were the two documentaries I want. One last thing I want to ask both of you guys real quick. Have you watched or have you been watching or will you watch Cobra Kai on Netflix? I know it was a YouTube thing. Now it's on Netflix. Have you watched it? I haven't watched it. Zach wants me to watch it. So I'm definitely going to watch it. Tracy? I, I, doubt, I doubt it's going to happen, frankly. 
I just don't budget enough well, watching time. To go back to the movie thing, have you seen Karate Kid? Was that one of the ones I that have, you met? Yes, oh, okay. I've seen okay. I've seen the original and the remake. Okay. The the hip hop remake. Right. It's uh yeah. So the uh all the actors are back, Tracy. All of them, except for of course Mr. Miyagi, because he's not back for obvious reasons. But everybody else is back. Yeah, and he's uh, he's gonna miss out on the Happy Days reunion too. Yeah. Steve, are you just staring at the Susie Quattro video now? Yeah, you're right. It's it's super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, later Absolutely on, I'll, I'll tell you exactly the uh, there's there's two um, screen uh, screen captures you'll get on a couple of frames that are just bone chilling. It, but it, delicious. It, it is terrifying. OK, <laughs> uh, let's keep things rolling. Let's find out what Tracy has for us tonight in the headlines. And now straight from the Dave and Steve show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, a California wildfire, which has so far destroyed over 7,000 acres of land, 40 miles northeast of Palm Springs, was started by a gender reveal party. It has emerged, leaving the family that hosted the party at risk of prison time and multi-million dollar fines. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have it in the story, but from what I understand, it was a smoke bomb that went off. Yeah, and this is so. This is something that has happened, and I wanted to ask you guys if you've ever been a part of this. But amid a record-breaking heat wave, record temperatures reaching 121 degrees, turning the state into a tinderbox. California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection said on Sunday night that a smoke-generating pyrotechnic device caused the fire. So basically what happens in these things is that uh, the couple gets together and they bring uh, along anybody who cares and then they light off this uh, pyrotechnic device that uh, has lets off smoke. And uh, so it's pink smoke. If it's, um, do you guys, what is, uh, help me out, uh, pink girl, right? And blue, I don't know. And blue yeah, boy. They're, they're, yeah, we can look this up later. Yeah, so we have to, pink, they have to um, pink smoke before. or blue smoke to announce the gender of the expected child. Okay, this is, so I am not a fan of the gender reveal parties at all. And because it is a very look at me moment, when it comes to kids, I always say, yes, they're a miracle. Yes, it's awesome that you had a kid. Yes, it's awesome that I have children. But there are lots of people who have children. Stop making it this big event, this big, amazing, special thing shut up and raise your kid to the best of your ability and nobody else cares. Nobody cares what happens to your kid other than you. And you nobody know, and cares. This is the thing that you've been really consistent about because uh, I remember telling you, I think I was sharing with you years ago when I helped, I think my oldest son, Rory was four or five years old and I had taught him to read. And your response was, congratulations, he can now do what billions of people can do. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I always remember what a jackass you are. But uh, no, it's so true, though. It is it is the epitome of look at me, look at me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yep. anyway, yep. the fire started I... on Saturday around 10.23 a.m., they said, and 527 people, 10 fire crews are currently trying to halt the fire's progress. I, I, to me, it feels like it's, it's one more BS reason we have to get together. Like we already have to do the shower. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, and whatever, yep. which is fine. You know, I'm, 
I'm totally happy to, you know, do that and support, but the gender reveal, it doesn't, it just seem like, um, you know, a reason to, you know, jumpstart some kind of sexism, just like, okay, here, now we're going to start setting, you know, setting up expectations of these, you know, people based on their gender. Uh, I, huh. that bothers me. I just, no, that sounds crazy. <laughs> that sounds crazy. I don't buy into that nonsense at all. They simply want to let people know what kind of like what what's going to happen, what's ahead of in their lives. I think it makes perfect sense why they do it. But I think the magnitude that they raise it to is just uncalled for. And I think that's the thing. I don't think it's a social engineering thing. I don't think it puts on. Uh, any type of gender role type of thing. I think it's just sort of an exciting time where a couple is trying to like indicate to a family maybe what is, what their life is going to be like in the in the in the future or what their what their family is going to look like. But I think one thing we can agree on, Steve, is that it's stupid. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's dumb. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I. So when we had, we only have one kid and, um, somebody came up to us and said, you know, before you find out the gender of your, your kid, because you totally can, you can, you know, find out what you're having beforehand. Oh, because you of know, the penis. Just remember that there are very few kind of natural surprises that you can have. So maybe, maybe you'd wait to find out. And so we did, we waited and, and I don't regret that at all. Like we did not know if we were having a boy or a girl uh, uh, up until the moment. And we did it the old fashioned way. I'm sure the nurses all knew what we were going to have. But so one big question, know. one big question I have, when are you going to reveal his gender? Um, we we're leaving it up to him. <laughs> okay. That, that that is ground hang on before we move that. on so a couple of quick things so first of all the fire i wasn't going to bring this up at the top of the show because we're having fires in washington state as well really bad right now and things are going on and so i was like ah maybe i'll pass on this one but now that you've brought up a fire i'm going to bring this up <laughs> just before we went on the air tonight about an hour and a half before we went on the air my wife and i are standing in the kitchen talking she is cooking a frying pan full of like vegetables stir fry vegetables and some shrimp and out of nowhere, she had this giant, and I mean big, wad of uh, paper towels right next to the burner. They caught on fire. So this big flame all of a sudden comes out of nowhere. My wife takes the spatula, because this is what I would do. I told her this later, because I would do the same thing. You grab the first thing you can, and you beat out the fire with it. So she starts smacking this thing, but these paper towels just start breaking apart. And now there are embers floating all through our kitchen landing up on the top of our cupboards, on the top of our fridge. These things are going everywhere. Now we're literally hunting around trying to smack these things out all over the place. We, is it? Yeah, honestly, it was one of those. <laughs> so then this made me, and this is the other, the, the other fire-related thing that I was going to then parlay that into. When my wife and I lived in our very first house, tiny little house that we rented in Steve and my hometown, we, my wife did not know anything about cooking. She didn't know anything. She, she was not raised in a family that cooked or baked. Really, they were, very, they were a microwave family, without a doubt. Like, put a hungry man in, eat it, because there's 28 kids running around. So she didn't, she was never taught how to cook, bake, anything like that. So my wife was going to be nice to me one night after work, and she made pork chops, 
and she decided that the pork chops had turned out really well. She was going to put them on a plate. She was going to keep the plate in the oven to keep them warm until I got home. I walked in from work and immediately smelled something funky in the house. It was a very chemical-y smell. And I said, what is that smell? And she said, well, I don't know. I mean, I've got pork chops that are staying warm in the oven. So I opened the oven just to see what was going on with the pork chops, make sure they were okay. (laughs) And a wall of fire erupted out of the stove. Now, it didn't literally blow me backwards, but dodging it and ducking out of the way, I literally rolled backwards over our kitchen table and landed on my face on the kitchen floor while these flames erupted up out of the... She gets the extinguisher from under the kitchen sink. She sprays it all out. (laughs) There is a plastic plate is what she decided to keep these things warm on in Mm -hmm. an oven. So... Now we have everything's dried. Everything is now covered in this flame retardant fire extinguisher solution. And there are giant drops of melted plate that have hung down from the, the, the racks in the oven. And they're completely dry now, hard as a rock. We can't chisel them off. We try using a knife. We try using a hammer to bang on it. Literally won't break apart. That's how we left the oven when we left. We just ate the damaged deposit and moved out of the house with this oven that we effectively ruined and let's be clear we stayed in that house for another two years after that so we never used an oven again in two years hmm. well um i just want to say a plus on tessa knowing where the fire extinguisher was right yes because that is where that's too. where everybody scrambles yeah right yep. yeah like yep. there's a wall of fire whatever but most people don't know where the fire extinguisher is and she did right so right a plus on that fair though i think she may have made a few steps backwards with the uh, spatula (laughs) which is maybe that's a new technique of putting out a fire that i'm uh, not aware of i think i would have done the same thing yeah i would i would have and then it would have you know it would have i just would have yelled at it yeah wendy would have said is there an adult in your shared space <laughs> yeah, right, right. that could she, she would yeah. she would have known what to do immediately but i would have totally i would have messed that up yeah yeah our second story tonight a young girl had to be rescued by ferry workers after she was swept out to sea on a giant inflatable unicorn okay just to stop unicorn ferry workers are they in fantasy land <laughs> the girl believed to be age four or five the girl uh floated about half mile from the greek coast and she and her parents were visiting over the weekend she had been playing in the ocean off the uh town of interior in the gulf of corinth uh when she bobbed uh out to sea with her panicked parents calling on a local ferry to retrieve her after they realized she had drifted off I wish I had like some sparkly wand music I could play right now. <laughs> so, so she drifts out to sea and hey, there's a fairy. Call them over. Yeah. The fairy comes and helps her with the uh, <laughs> unicorn. Tooth fairy workers. Yes. For the unicorn. And, nice. Uh, Story number three, a Nebraska man's plea to the Lincoln City Council is going viral after he passionately laid out a case for the city's restaurants and stores to stop claiming chicken tenders are boneless chicken wings. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. 
We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning and treating things as, as though they're normal. I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I propose that we as a city remove the, <laughs> the laughter. Excuse me, I'm trying to, yeah. excuse me, come on. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. That's where meat comes from. It grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken, and it's delicious. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can take these steps and show the country that where we stand, and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long, and we know it because we feel it in our bones. <laughs> the, I love the now I always I always always wonder if these are just you know if this guy is effectively a performance artist who went to like goof around at the city council meeting whether he is or not though I love the way he dresses down the people laughing and asks them to get serious about this is, is my favorite anytime that happens when somebody's just bringing up something whether they're they're really into it or not and somebody chuckles and they get really really angry about it I, there's oh, nothing better yeah, he totally he, you could hear him totally stare yeah, down in, like, in, yeah. the, in the video he turns to them and he's like come on yeah like i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to talk was he wearing a chicken suit because i that would be totally dope <laughs> that, Bert, yeah, Bert reynolds stroke race style. Yeah, exactly <laughs> so the man now, is uh ander christensen 27 whose father roy christensen is a lincoln city councilman cured before the governing body at a public meeting and encouraged the city to be a quote social leader in this country. Okay, there's there's more there's yeah. more drama. <laughs> yeah, here. there's some there's some daddy son issues there's at play issues there. Going yeah. On. Yeah. He makes a good point, but it's not a point you take to the city council. <laughs> right. Yeah, so this is actually a very constructive point because he did bring up some possible alternative names for boneless chicken wings. Uh, including uh, buffalo-styled chicken tenders or wet tenders. Nope. Saucy yeah. nugs. <laughs> no. Saucy nugs. <laughs> or, and then he, he added, or trash. Trash? Yeah. No, not so much. It's still edible. Come on. Let's not be monsters about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, that guy's really... He really doesn't like his dad right now. No. That's terrible. Yeah. So that's uh, anyway. They're they're working very hard for um, social justice there in Nebraska. <laughs> Story number four: Beer giant Anheuser Busch announced it quickly sold out of its latest offering, a dog brew that contains no alcohol and is designed to be enjoyed by man's best friend. What was the name of that <laughs> company again? Anheuser Busch. I, let's uh let's let's try it one more time. I believe it's Anheuser. Anheuser? Anheuser. Anheuser Bush. Yeah. At least Tracy's Beer doing giant. that thing where Anheuser Bush. He's he's trying to show us that he would Heiser. never drink one of those Bush. beers. He only drinks good <laughs> local beer. Beer 
giant N Anheuser in still sounds right when I say <laughs> it. May, when yeah, you said it the first time about. I looked up, I see Dave. Dave sees me. Yeah. And we're like we both yeah, gave the cockeye. Yeah, see I did, I grew up in Coors Country, so I d I don't know what to tell you. Did you really I mean, is that is that legit? Did you No, I, I honestly <laughs> don't know that I've ever heard the first part of it outside of like a Super Bowl commercial with the Clydesdales. I wanted that to St. be a Louis, thing. Missouri. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted you to have lived in a town that literally had designated it. Like, I know there's more than one Coors Country. I'm saying I wanted, I wanted you to be in a place where people declared this is Coors I, Country. Don't bring any of that other no, shit in there, here. There's no doubt if there was a, an official beer in the town I grew up in, it was Rainier. There's yeah. no, there's yeah. no way. Cause if That's you had true. brought like some fancy Colorado or Missouri beer out there, you would have just been pummeled Schleitz and then uh, dragged behind a Mopar or something. <laughs> okay. So, so Oppenheiser Bush made a dog yes, beer. Exactly. <laughs> So, Ingelheimer Bush uh, Company, uh, brewing company, said dog brew is a bone broth made from pork, corn, celery, mint, turmeric, and ginger ingredients designed to appeal to the taste and nutritional needs of dogs. Bone broth is also a great way for dogs who struggle to eat solid food to get all the extra nutrients they need. Your best friend is going to love it. Can I say this? And I'm, yeah. I'm going to say this deliberately as a spouse because it could be a male it could be a female this is an executive's spouse who came up with this idea and the executive is high ranking enough that nobody could say no and this got pushed through guarantee this is a spouse who loves dogs and therefore wanted to make a wouldn't this be a great idea and nobody could say no to this person <laughs> the boardroom was really quiet. Yeah. 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 That dog. Yeah. Sure, uh, yep. Limited, limited seasonal run. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the uh, can of dog brew by Oppenheimer Bush, which resembles that of a can of regular beer has the disclosure made for dogs written clearly on the label. And this is uh, apparently not prevented residents of Lincoln, Nebraska from using it to wash down their, boneless chicken wings do you guys think you're going to see a lot of adult dogs having to ride bikes because they had to, they had their licenses taken away yeah, because right. they, they they got too hooked on the sauce i was just thinking of like people in bars bringing one of these in and slipping them to a friend to get them to drink it and see the reaction when they drink it and that made me think of do you guys remember in like the it was either the 80s or the 90 late 80s or 90s I think it was Bud Light had cans that if you cracked it open and you like heard a song or they had a little player inside. So if what? you cracked it, yeah, you can look this up. It was a contest. And if you cracked it open, it either said like you win or it played a song. But that was how, you know, you got the special can and you won this whatever. So <laughs> Steve and I have a, a friend named Travis from our town who was at the bar one night with a friend well it wasn't even a friend it was a it was jack potter the this old like he was this old cantankerous guy who who was one of the regulars at the bar and he would do things literally tracy he would take his fake teeth at his false teeth out and put them in his beer until he was finished drinking his beer and then he'd put them back in so there was this glass of beer with like teeth sitting in it on the bar it was one Sweet. of those one of those people so travis cracked his can open, got really excited and said, my can's talking, my can's talking, and then handed it to Jack and said, put it up to your ear and listen. 
Jack immediately dumped the beer all over the side of his head because he was trying to listen into the hole. And then the entire bar had a good laugh. Don't know why I thought why I know why I thought of that, but thought I'd share that story. That was the town Steve and I grew up in. There you go. That's that's amazing. And I and I'll tell you, um, uh, I totally want to get one of my friends to uh, drink a uh, a dog beer. dog beer. Yeah, yeah. Dog dog beer. <laughs> that's the news, fellas. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Out of the break, we'll say nothing. We'll come right out of the break into Tracy's Minute. How does that okay. sound? Okay. It sounds great. Back right after this on the Dave and Steve Show. Everybody knows you get the best deal at Larry's. If you're looking for great value and a good steak, Larry's is the place. We got new inventory coming in on Monday, so all these steak dinners have to go. I don't have room for all these steaks on the showroom floor, so we're pricing them to move, move, move. I got a T-bone here with optional potatoes and asparagus. Don't like asparagus? We got the same steak with broccoli or corn for the same price. Mention this ad and we'll undercoat it with A1 sauce for nothing. That's right, nothing. Corporate sent us a big truck full of lobster by mistake. Send it back? Hell no! Our loss is your gain. Get a butter-dipped Australian lobster tail for just $13.99. That's right, $13.99. At Larry's, you don't need to be a big spender. We have burgers and sandwiches for the economy class. No down payment, no credit? Who cares? It's just freaking dinner. We are the last food dealership in town that will take your third-party checks. Got other food at your house? We'll give you top dollar for your trade. Come see us right now at Larry's New and Used Steaks at the end of Auto Row in Auburn. You need not spend more than a few minutes listening to last week's show to understand the full impact that can result from my absence. Steve's first metaphor about morning dew sounded like it was lifted straight from a daytime television commercial for women's hygiene products. Followed by Dave's headline about drinking glasses filled with pee-pee and gummy bears that will make your toilet look like you've scrubbed it out with a candied apple. Now I know you've come to expect more from us and I take full responsibility for what happened. You can count on me to straighten this mess out right away. This has been Tracy's Let's Put the Adults Back in Charge Minute. Yeah, you didn't you didn't have a single poo-poo or pee-pee story in the headlines tonight. Nope, nope. Good, nope. good job. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you... Um, that metaphor was a train wreck coming out of my head. I, because I had something I really wanted to say and it just, it just did not. It, and my metaphors are usually rock solid. No, you, I, I, you are really strong on metaphors. You're above average with similes, no doubt. Um, but he gets the, that a lot. Uh, that one was definitely not first or second choice. That was oh. a C level one, but you had, the thing is though, you had it in your pocket. Right. So when when you were empty, that one was there for most people yeah. when they don't have a metaphor, they have nothing. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, look, it's easy to pick pick on you because you're great at it. Uh, for most people, they have nothing to say. And Steve, so it's Steve, really testimony to your great, greatness. I, I really want you to get a shirt made now that says I'm above average with similes. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's good. I'm above average with similes. Um, I, um, I, I, I thought when Jackie heard that, she was like, what? Yeah. And she was like, somebody else, somebody else yeah. talked to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep things going. It is it, here in the States. We're recording this on a Monday night. It happens to be Labor Day. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about jobs and I wanted to talk a little bit. I'm going to pose this question to each of you. We'll probably start with, with Steve, uh, Steve, I want your best job and keep that quick. Cause best job is your best job. And you don't have to go on about it forever. And then I want your worst job. And if you've got a story from your worst job as to why it made it your worst job, feel free to share. Okay. So, um, the best best job so the the company i work with right now super solid love them they're fantastic but still my best job was probably the music store working at the music store yeah was not like working it was so great to go and hang out with a bunch of you know other you know great musicians um you know builders uh I absolutely loved it. It didn't pay well at all. That's but a problem, it right? Was great. It, it, yeah. And I saw how much you enjoyed that job. It's a shame that there's no way to get paid more than what they pay at that music store. I mean, that's oh my that's par for the course with most music stores. It's typically a musician who has a relatively steady gig of some kind playing, and they do that as a supplemental income when they can't get gigs or whatever it might be. Right. You weren't in that position or you at least you very quickly were no longer in that position in life. You had other commitments and things. And so it just doesn't work for the average person. Yeah, it was. But I mean, I got great, you know, gear. I got hookup hookups on tickets. I mean, it was it was a lot. of. I met some incredible players that I still play with. Like I still like ta I still talk to guys from uh, from the music store that you know, were great. I mean, I, I've, I've had good jobs. Um, but that was definitely, um, that was probably my, my most fun. Okay. So um, that makes sense. What about worst job? Uh, probably the, the job before this last job that I had, it paid better than probably any other job I've had, but it just, it was soul sucking and like the people I was working with and for were unethical and just, I mean, it was, it was not good. And when, when, when it was purchased, when the company was purchased and I was laid off with like a sea of other people from the company, I was, I was really, I was like, Oh, well, I don't have a paycheck coming in, but I'm really excited to not be working here anymore. So right. yeah, you, know, yeah. you got to know that um, when you're staring down the barrel of, you know, you know, financial hardship, but you're really thankful that it happened, yeah. that it's not a, it wasn't a good fit. So I'm really glad I'm, I, I'm not there anymore. It was, uh, it was rough, but like I said, the place I'm at now, total opposite of that. So, yeah, I, um, I, I honestly, there was part of me that wondered if you were going to go worse job being the time that you helped re-roof your dad's house. Okay. So it wasn't my dad's house. Oh, it wasn't. Um, oh, um, that, what that just wasn't a good fit. Like the job itself was good. Um, I mean, it was, it was good work to, to, and it was, and it paid well, um, for that. But when I was on top of the roof, um, 
uh, it was a really steep roof. It was super hot that day. I was up there for two hours and I, I came down and I'm like, I just can't do it. I, I, I feel a lot of shame about that job. Yeah, well, you should. It was my... <laughs> 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 I, I was, do. I feel it, no. I'm laughing because Tracy said you should, but I, I should. I, the the I I thought if I remember correctly, you got vertigo up there. Like that's not anything to be ashamed of. You literally had you were dizzy enough you couldn't stay on the roof. Oh, I would have fallen off in another hour. I definitely would have fallen off that roof, and it would not it would not have been pretty because I my leg would have fallen through the you know the the beams, and then I would have you know. Well, and that's why I said I wondered if that was your worst job because, I mean, you were literally in a place where, like, you had a physical condition on a super hot day that caused you to not be able to do the job. So that's, that's the only reason I was asking. So I was, I was up for it. Like, I was like, I can, I can do this work. Right. Um, but, but when, you know, but it was, it was just not, it was not for me. I, I, I was, I did not feel well up there. But that doesn't mean that the job was bad. The right. boss was good, you know, the pay was good. Um, you know, there was nothing wrong and they did not give me any crap to my face while sure, I was there. Sure. Um, and when I had to leave it, I, I mean, I really felt terrible about having to leave, right. but that's not a bad, that's not a bad job. A bad job is when you're working for people that you don't want to work for that are asking you to do things that are not okay and you don't do them and you get in trouble for not doing the not okay stuff. Right. So it's yeah, no thanks. Okay. Um, I, right. I will take, I would take that roofing job over the other job. You know, I'll find some vertigo medicine. I don't care. Okay. I'll, Tracy, I'll best job, best job, worst job. I have been so fortunate with good jobs ever since i've been working i mean i have to be like really careful when people talk about all the terrible jobs they've had i usually just stay quiet and listen because i have had a lot of awesome jobs are you gonna pull that so, same bullshit that steve pulled with the vacation of i've never taken a bad vacation no, no i'm not i'm not gonna do that i'm because dave he did he did something like hey in case someone at my current job's listening i don't right, want him to think right. that this job's bad so this i'm just is gonna really good job saying, it's great yeah. the job i have now i'm thankful to have it whatever um it's, it doesn't come anywhere near the best jobs i've ever had so when my stupid friends when i was younger were working in the berry fields or working on farms because i grew up in a rural area just like you my dad worked in seattle at the seattle center fun forest so my summer job was working at the seattle center fun forest so i got up very early went into work with him and stayed real late so my whole day is besides just having a really cush job working the games at the fun forest either behind the wall you know setting things up or in front do, just doing the games it's just easy it's fun yeah. you get to meet people it's a lot of really cool stuff and then when i'm off work my dad didn't get off until a lot later so i'm in seattle all day just goofing off and then on top of that, this is like, and I'm, you know, you're thinking this is a uh, mid eighties, right? Um, the owners of the, uh, the whole place would give me $10 in quarters, which were painted red. So at the end of the night, when they clear out the cash for the, um, the, uh, um, or clear out the quarters from the arcade machines, they're fishing out the red quarters cause they're house quarters, right? So they're going right. to go back in and they're just comped. I got comped $10 in quarters every night to just play in the arcade. So all I did was just goof around in Seattle, had a job, and then play in the arcade all night. 
at the end, I helped out with a couple of people like uh, fishing the quarters out, whatever. And then I went home late and the, the days were long, but they were filled with fun all the time. It was the only job that I was sad to have a day off. And I had to be really like humble about it because my friends were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we worked at uh, Remlinger's or Harvold's doing, you know, picking berries. And I was able to do this. And I'm like, well, yeah, so, I... so let's be clear here, because for those outside of the region who don't know, when Tracy says the fun force at the Seattle Center, so at the base of the Space Needle, effectively, there was what amounts to a carnival that never goes away, a fair. Think your county fair, whatever it is. So there's there's games, there's rides, yeah, there's all sorts it's a, of... It's a humble kind of amusement type thing. So it was a small kind of amusement park that had small things, but it was put there uh, effectively when the World's Fair was in 1964. Four? Four? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, 62 yeah. World's Fair, I think, maybe. Yeah. We'll need to look it up, fact check it later. But right. uh, so it came through there. So, um, I mean, it was effectively just a, there was lots of cool things. So I get like tickets to concerts, uh, Bumbershoot, all kinds of things. I'm already there. So all the, just all the everything you'd ever want as a 14 year old boy was there at your hands. And uh, every day, all summer, definitely my best job. My worst job was after high school, I got a job working construction. And so I can empathize with you a little bit about the, the roof business uh, because I quit that job on the roof. Oh. Um, so uh, you and I have that in common, only I don't have any shame about it. But anyway, uh, the the thing is, though, is that uh, he uh, I worked with the, this construction company that had just really awful tools. So we would be drilling or using power tools while in the winter, working on the foundation usually standing in water and the the tools aren't grounded my hands to this day have enough nerve damage that i cannot hold like a hot cup right. of anything right uh because like they're very sensitive to heat uh just from the number of like electrocutions that i had during that time and uh up on a roof uh working i've never been really good with heights and uh, this is when the roof isn't really there. So we're just walking across trusses. So if you've ever looked where, you know, those triangular pieces that hold that dumb thing above your head, um, that's what you're kind of walking across. And I was just really slow. And my boss had said, you know, I could practically do this job faster myself. And I just said, you get to find out. And I just dropped my belt, got in my car <laughs> and left. And I never went back to construction again. Um, oh, but classic was, Tracy comeback line. On yeah, that, that was definitely fantastic. Definitely my least favorite job by a long shot. So I will say my my favorite job, my best job, was actually working with Tracy at the now defunct Sierra Online. I had so I had done. Two, we'll get to my worst job here in a minute, but I had basically in life done two major things at that point. I had worked on a cattle farm. And I had worked for an exercise company when I first moved to the Seattle area. The, the exercise company was a very East Coast. They were owned by an East Coast company. So it was very formal business attire, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You got to do casual Friday, which was simply just jeans and a collared shirt. It was a very buttoned up business. There wasn't a lot of goofing around. Yes, there was the occasional great story that would come out of there. But for the most part, it was a very stale environment. So I went straight from that to Sierra. And Sierra was, at that time, on a high. They had released several hit games. They had hit franchises. 
they were they had made tons of money and when i got there it was bedlam i mean it was it was the inmates running the asylum it was complete pandemonium and chaos um now i hit right at the time where things had start started to go almost to the day had started to go sideways and i remember my very first day at that job tracy our friend bill took me to my desk and I thought, wow, this is great. I have a window seat. I'm the new guy, and they've given me a window seat. And Bill very matter-of-factly said, by the way, um, go ahead and keep the shades drawn and closed. We released this game called Football Pro 99 that's ruining people's PCs, and we've had to recall it. And we've been told that by somebody we've had threats that they're going to sit across the freeway and shoot at us with a sniper rifle. So it's probably not going to happen, but just go ahead and, uh, you know. And it was it was that kind of, like, that was my first day. And then we had, instead of having Secret Santa, we had Secret Satan, where we would all play jokes on each other throughout the course of our time there. Tracy put a, a rotten jar, gigantic Costco-sized jar of mayonnaise in my desk drawer and smeared mayonnaise around the outside of the jar so when I smelled the awful smell coming out of my desk, I opened it up. I immediately was like, what is this? Reached down to grab it and pick it up out of the drawer to throw it away. It was completely slippery because it was covered in mayonnaise. Slipped out of my hands, smacked down into the drawer, and splattered rotten mayonnaise all over my cubicle, all over me, all over my computer, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I actually, uh, months later went to put in a new sound card in my PC at work and found what looked like a small shrunken head hanging from a paperclip inside my PC. Tracy had hung an avocado inside my PC <laughs> thinking it would cook and smell and that it would like, the smell would be so bad and I, I wouldn't be able to figure out where it was from. It didn't. It just dried out. And so by the time yeah, I pulled it out. <laughs> so we learned that that was kind of like the Ronco food dehydrator. <laughs> we didn't realize that yeah. PCs would yeah. have done that. I, would, I really was, I was hoping for more. It was, um, there were people being taped to chairs and pushed up and down the aisles in the middle of a call center when you were trying to take very serious calls with people. It was, it was chaotic from start to finish, but in such a good way. Every night after work, we would play video games together everybody would shut down we would just play pc games against each other it was a that was a fantastic job from start to finish and i was even when we knew the the company was going under they basically told us here's whatever it was tracy four weeks uh come to work yeah. for four weeks look for a new job don't burn the place down that's literally what they said to us just just be respectful and you can keep coming in and getting paid so tracy and i played foosball for four weeks straight like yeah. it was foosball and pool and uh, yeah even when it and, was uh, bad it was awesome you know those movies where you know that uh the, maybe they're about the stock market and it's a company that you know that things are going so well they're like you know lighting cigars with money and everybody's just goofing off and it was really what that level yeah of yeah. like craziness like the company was doing so well and and they, they were just you know throwing you know things at us in all ki kinds of things and there was all kinds of opportunities all kinds of excitements and triple a quarter uh products right around the corner and um to where you can't you almost can't talk about the things that happened there in a way that anybody would yeah. really believe 100 percent. steve you were going to say something 
Yeah, I was going to say that um, of Dave's jobs, that's my favorite job that Dave has had <laughs> because I, for a period of time, Dave and I rode together. So I would come in and pick up and then I would get the stories of what was going yeah. on at Sierra from Dave. And um, Dave would talk about having, um, it's like, oh, my boss, Tracy, um, while I'm on these calls, he sends me an instant message with a word that I have to put into the thing that I have to say and get them to say. And, and it was like everything, there was a game yes. on how to yeah. make, and the calls that would come in and they were just absolutely crazy. And how, um, like Tracy had parameters around your, what your screen name had to be. And it was, you know, fairly inappropriate. Had, and well, it was great. You it know? had to do with dog poop. And so Tracy was, his name was Scabby Dog Mess. We had another guy whose name was Parvo Dog Mess. I chose Hot and Wormy, which Hot and Wormy eventually became like my... It got really bad because I had even made like a Hotmail account and a few other things. Yeah. And then I couldn't send a serious email like, hey, we're closing on a house. I'm going to send this email from Hot and Wormy at Hotmail. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we did that because on those public servers, you could put filters on there to grab everybody. So if you if everybody had the same phrase. Right. Dog in mess. their name, yeah. you could just grab them all. Yeah. So that just made it a lot easier. Yeah. Oh, so that's like the Van Halen brown M&Ms. Yeah, yeah, that's right, how you know. Exactly, it's, yeah. the, right. it's awesome. Uh, so they, they had that. Um, there was, um, Dave told me about his first day when Tracy's walking him around and, and saying, oh, it's Monday. So it's Motorhead Monday. And so crank it up and, uh, oh, and, um, you know, so-and-so has an easy bake oven. So, hey, let's get some of that easy bake Brian. action going Yeah, on. Brian would make cookies for us in the easy bake oven. Oh my God. I feel like I worked there with you guys, but I <laughs> yeah, obviously didn't. That's a, we, yeah, he, we had this thing where you had to be like the, the pie princess. And uh, you, if you were, we had these elected, I don't know, it's so stupid. <laughs> Staying it out loud. It's like when you're telling somebody about a crazy dream and it doesn't even yeah. make sense in your own head. Yeah. You're like, for some reason I had three heads and then I have like two of them were arguing let's, with each let's other. Let's be clear. I mean, multi, multi, multi-million dollar company. This was a, yeah. a massively yeah. successful company. Yeah, this was this was not uh, a rinky-dink company, but uh, yeah. So we had we elected somebody to be different things that were like watchouts for things, or some people would bring certain things. But there was a a pie princess, and pie princess would use an easy bake oven on their desk while working, by the way, to produce treats for the rest of the team. Right. Uh, lovely things cooked over a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this was all like uh, taken really seriously. It was one of those things where like none of it was like ridiculous. It all sort of made sense at the time. Uh, Steve, what do you what do you send in here? What's going on? Okay. I'm hearing weird so, noises. Um, so I'm I'm so this came up just a couple of weeks ago. I was over at a friend's house, and they um, uh, I was um, doing some uh, recording with a friend of mine that said he worked at Sierra mm -hmm. at the same time you guys worked at Sierra. And it's like one of the, one of the guys that um, did the, uh, in fact, they both might have um, the two guys that did the dog song with me um, worked there in like the web um, web tech, like gotcha. area up there okay. at, the, at the, and I said, during this, particular time they're like oh yeah absolutely we were there i wonder so if they I, worked I at, gonna... at one dot net yeah one dot net 
Uh, okay. I was so, going to type their name in. So you yeah, didn't, Steve, didn't you, you type there. the name in. I'm going to go to worst job. So my worst job was actually working for my father on said cattle ranch that I mentioned before. And I'm going to share a couple of stories from that uh, to tell you guys about this. Steve, I don't recognize that name. Tracy, you can say yes or no. Do you recognize that name? You can just say yes or no. Tracy? Yes and no, definitely. Um, okay. I'm going to have to do some thinking. Okay. So we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring him on and interview him when the book comes out. We'll just call that. We'll just do that. You, get to, you, you can all swap Sierra stories and I can sit in the back and giggle. Okay. So, so worst job working for my dad on a cattle farm. Now this was, this was not a normal, as Steve can attest, this was not, don't think of your run of the mill, you know, 20 cows, whatever it might be, your milk and things, whatever. This was 2,500 to 3,000 head of cattle. This was awful conditions in terms of it. We have harsh winters in Eastern Washington. So it freezes uh, we have then the, all the stuff that freezes has to melt off. And so during the spring and fall, especially, I would be walking in knee deep, soupy cow poop that would be running down into my rubber boots, filling my rubber boots with cow manure. We had my dad's passed away. So I know I can say this without getting him in any kind of legal trouble because you're not supposed to do this. We had a pit way out in the back of our property that was our dead cow pit because you're supposed to have dead animals. You're supposed to have somebody come and a service come and pick them up when you're dealing with this many animals you have enough deaths that that becomes very expensive so we would literally just haul them out to the back in this pit dump them in the pit so it was this maggot filled stinky pit that would just cook in the summertime and then when it got full enough we would have to dump gasoline on it and burn all these things down Ooh, so all of man. this now the one good thing, the one I, there's there were many good things, but the one that stands out as far as a good thing to me, and it was in hindsight not good for my health, was my dad parlayed some kind of business deal with the Hostess Company, as in Twinkies, Ding Dongs, cupcakes. Mm. So he would go to he would have a truck drive to one of the the factories in the area, and when items expire, they are sent back to a warehouse hostess then doesn't know what to do with all those items so they have all these expired things that are past their shelf date the thing is if you know anything about twinkies or anything else they last forever yes they have a shelf life on them and yes they have a shelf date you can eat those things steve and i had a teacher who held on to one for 50 years and ate it eventually on his retirement and said it tasted fine those things last forever so my dad would bring in they would bring in truckloads massive semi truckloads of hostess products these were all still wrapped. So we would feed these to the cows as a supplement, a small supplement to help them build fat. It would actually keep them warm in the winter, et cetera, et cetera. And if done sparingly with the, under the supervision of a vet and all that kind of stuff, it was actually a very common thing to do. You would include sugar of some kind, and we did it this way. So the problem was I was the kid who had to stand out there because I'm the low man on the totem pole unwrapping each of these items and throwing them onto a big slab so that they can eventually be scooped up with a bucket loader and dumped into the feed, et cetera, et cetera. So I would spend hours and hours and hours out on this hot slab, just unwrapping Twinkies. And the way it would work was, well, I've unwrapped 10. Here's one for me. Well, I've unwrapped 20 snowballs. Here's one for me. <laughs> I gained like 30 pounds that summer. I got so fat working out there because I was eating all of these hostess products. Um, 
and like our freezer was just full of hostess products and it was just anyway so that was the that was the like a memorable good thing about it worst story i have from that job by far so my grandfather worked out there my dad owned the place i worked out there so three generations working together oh that's great warm fuzzy feelings except again i was low man on the totem pole so when i talked about the dead cows in the dead cow pit so one of the things that would happen is a cow would pass away during the winter and because the pins were so massive and so large, they would literally sink into the manure and then freeze in place if you didn't see them right away. And so there was a cow that had frozen in place, dead. And we were like, well, we can't get this until the ground thaws. Come springtime, ground thaws. My grandfather gets in the front end loader. I jump up on the step next to him. I'm holding on. We ride out into the area to pick this thing up. I was always the, the chain guy. I had to get out of the get off the loader take the chain that was hanging from the bucket, wrap it around the cow's neck, hook it, and then he would pull it up out of the muck. We'd drag it over the pit. He'd lower it down into the pit. I would unhook the chain. Job done. Well, this cow had been in there all winter and was in bad shape, to say the least, when we got to it. If you don't know anything, and why would you, about the town we're from, the area we're from, very windy. High winds all the time, especially in the spring. Really, really bad wind. So it's a horribly windy day. We're out there. I hook the chain around the neck. My grandfather pulls up. Wouldn't you know it, the head comes off. Literally mm -hmm. rips off the cow's body. Gust sure. of wind comes up and blows all of the stuff dripping out of the cow's neck into my open mouth. Because I, am, <laughs> I have my mouth wide open at this cow's head that's just been ripped off. <laughs> gust of wind comes up blows all of this into my mouth i'm sure there's people gagging listening to this right now oh. i am now doubled over hands on my knees i am dry heaving i am vomiting i am someone I, you know, get him a twinkie quick tears right <laughs> tears tears in my eyes and i look up and my grandfather who was a large man 300 plus pounds is in this front end loader and he is, he can't catch his breath. He is laughing so hysterically. <laughs> he has tears rolling down his eyes. I still remember how bright red his face and head were. He was a bald man. So I could see his entire head laughing so hard at this. And as I am doubled over with my hands on my knees, I can still feel the stuff dripping on the back of my neck, being blown onto the back of my neck because I can't step far enough away from this thing for it not to blow on me. That was one of many, many stories of things like that happening on that. It, it was it was such a... And the thing I always tell people is cows, just like humans, eat seven days a week. So you do not take a break at that job. You are on that job seven days a week because you have to feed them in the morning and the night, no matter what, especially as the young kid on the crew, I never got a day off. And so between <laughs> the cow guts dripping into my mouth the seven days a week, the manure in the boots, the the cow dead pit in the back, all that kind of stuff. That was one of the, and if you would ask me at that time, that was the thing I was going to do for the rest of my life. That was, I had every plan of taking that thing over eventually, fostering several children who would then come in and, and suck on the cow guts for me so I wouldn't have to do it anymore. Like that was going to be my career in life. Were it not for the fact that at a certain point, the milk market tanked, my dad lost everything and in including that farm. And I was forced to go look for another job. I wouldn't have the best job, which was going to work with Tracy. Wow. <laughs> you know, looking back, I can see how you might think that job was not as good as the one uh, <laughs> right. working with me. Um, 
Did you go directly to the hospital and say, give me all the antibiotics you have? <laughs> no. And that was the, like, because we were on such a farm, like so many, like my grandfather would come in every, every single morning and he would take the coffee filter out of the coffee pot. But rather than dumping out the filter, he would just add more coffee onto the previous day's moldy coffee grounds that were still in the filter, shove wow. that back in, make the coffee. And then I vividly remember several times there was always a box of Hostess, believe it or not, donuts, the, the white powder ones with the cherry filling in the middle. That was like his favorite. So there was always one of those by the coffee. Even if we didn't have a deal with Hostess, he would go and get these things on the way to work and they'd be sitting there. The problem was nobody ever closed the lid. So they would just be covered with black gnats. These things would just stick to them and like eat all the... And my grandfather would take this coffee that he had made with all the moldy coffee and he would literally just go and blow off as many gnats as he could and then eat the donut anyway while he was drinking his moldy coffee. So nobody cared about <laughs> antibiotics. Nobody cared about any of that kind of stuff. We were all just... It was such a... On one hand, it was my dad was big into tech. He liked having computers in those early days to be able to keep track of cattle and all that. He had no clue how to use them, but he liked that aspect of it. So in, in one sense, it was a very high-tech establishment, but we couldn't escape the redneck roots that we had. There was just no right. way. No way. So, all right, that was that was best and worst jobs. Uh, anything to add from either of you on the, on the whole best, worst job thing? I'm going to take that as a no. I well, did. Yeah, working with you definitely. I mean, it's probably actually way down the list, actually. Yeah, right. For me. Right. So, yeah. There was one other gig that I did that I really liked for the credit union. And it was it, it was really what I, I would like to do it again. Like I'd like to get one of these types of jobs again where I drive around and I give checks to teachers and i and i give little lectures on how to be safe on the internet to the students and stuff that was a great job i only had it for like 18 months and ended up having to take another gig but i would love to do that job again that job was pretty awesome um but so i that's a, that's a job that i can do again in the in the future but uh yeah the the whole segment was called best worst job not best worst second best was not in the title well it's it's our show Wait, we, we can, can do, what do we a second best yeah next week we'll like... do second best job fantastic yeah. and we'll yeah. save that steve pocket uh, that do, do we have any best game do we have any guests coming up no not really okay i'm i'm reaching out to a couple but i i don't have any i don't have anything right now but um it was fun having jackie on last uh, uh last week i wish you could have been here tracy it would have been I, I'm uh, sorry to have missed her, but she sounded great and in good spirits. And so I'm happy uh, that uh, we're still in touch with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah, a big thanks to Jackie. And and you actually reminded me, Steve, before we go, I want to make sure I throw out, I give a shout out to listener Mike. You guys remember listener Mike from the previous oh, yeah. incarnation of the show. Oh, Mike yeah. is still very much a listener. Mike reached out to me for a different reason altogether, but made sure to first butter me up by saying, he still listens every single week. It's the podcast that he listens to above all else when he downloads his podcast for the week or updates for the day. If a Dave and Steve show one is there, that's what he's listening to before anything else. So I just wanted to say, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. All right. For, <laughs> for, for Mike, for Tracy, for Steve, we'll talk to you all next time on The Dave and Steve Show.